Um, this is the beginning of the end. Wow, like we've been in Ephesians for, I think this is week 15. So we got this week, we got next week, and we got the week after Easter. So um, we're going to just kind of like speed to this fantastic end. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, next week, Easter service, we are going to be talking about Ephesians 6. We're talking about the armor, and we win and all that stuff. I may or may not show up in a full coat of armor. We'll have to see. Um, Probably not, but you should come back and just see. Maybe I will. Um, next week, baptisms. If you would like to be baptized, we've got six people that have signed up. Um, you want to be baptized, there's still time for you to sign up. You can do that online. You can do it at the Connection Desk. Uh, I love baptism. What a great way. There's no better illustration of the fact that Jesus won than baptisms. Love baptisms. Um, and then the week after that will be the 27th. That's the last week of the series. And um, you just don't want to miss it. I, I can't tell you what we're doing because it's a secret, but it's going to be, like sometimes people say that and there's not really a secret, but there's really a secret on the 27th, you don't want to miss it. So, but today we are in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Um, everybody has this in common, everybody has parents, right? Okay, you weren't very confident. Okay, everybody has parents, and most everybody has had a boss, and if you haven't, just give it time, and you probably will. So this morning, um, we're talking about kind of relationships with parents, with bosses in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, some of us will say that we had a great relationship with our moms and dads. Others of us, mm, we might, this is hard to say, but we might not even know our moms or our dads. And believe it or not, that's getting a lot more frequent. Here's some, a few, just a few stats I pulled off of the internet. I'm sure they're all true. Because I did not go to Wikipedia. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. That's five times the average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. It's 20 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. It's nine times the average. See a trend? So it's, it's possible, even in today's society, I think, it's, I think the stat's up around 30 to 35% of children today live in a home without a dad. So it's, it's increasingly popular for kids to not even really know their fathers. That's a terrible way to start a service. Just letting you know. It's an awful way to start a service. Because right about now, um, you're thinking, like, you're, you want to vomit. Right? If you're here, and one, you never knew your dad, you want to throw up. If you're here, and you have a child who doesn't know their dad, you want to throw up, okay? So all I can ask you to do is this. Don't throw up. Just hold it in your mouth. Swish it around a little bit. It's possible to do that, okay? And I'll tell you how I know. Can I tell the story? Is that cool, Laura? Will you throw up if I tell it? But when Laura was growing up, she had to have her jaw set. So they had to break her jaw so that they could correct her jaw. Isn't that weird? It's like, that stuff only happens in medicine. We're going to break your bone to fix it. What? So they break her jaw. They had to wire it shut for, was it nine weeks? It was a long time. And she had to literally, everything she ate had to be liquid. 
So mom would like blend up mashed potatoes, gravy stuff, and she would slurp it through a straw. But the best story was when she threw up in her mouth. And, and she couldn't, there was nowhere for it to go. So like she's sitting at the table and she literally went like this. <sighs> so if you feel like you need to vomit today, catch it. Swallow it back, okay? I promise you. Now listen, I'm making a promise to you. If by the end of this message, especially you that, that this stat affects, okay? Because it's, it's one thing to talk about bosses, and we'll talk about bosses, but you know, we, bosses don't seem to really frustrate us like fathers, okay? So when I was preparing this message, my heart broke for a generation that is becoming increasingly fatherless. Because we can quit our job. You can hunt for another boss. It's hard to hunt for a dad, okay? So if you feel like you need to throw up, if at the end of this message you still feel like I've done such a poor job of showing you truth in Scripture that you still want to throw up, you can throw up on me. I mean, I run pretty fast, but you can try to catch me, okay? So no matter where you are, past or present, with your dad or with your child's dad, let's agree on this. Dads are important. Most of us have had a boss, like we said before. Some of us haven't. My guess is, no matter how bad your boss is, you haven't ever had a boss as bad as two people. George Pullman, who I'd never heard of, and I'm not going to tell you the story. Just Google George Pullman. And basically what you'll find is, way back in the day, George Pullman suckered a bunch of people to come live on a farm with him and be his employees. But he made it impossible for them to ever leave. He started paying them with something like Pullman dollars that were only good on his property. And so they would work and work and work, and he would pay them basically with monopoly money that was only good there. And so if they left, they'd have no money. And then he'd make them work harder, pay them less. He would, like, raise the prices on his own farm for detergent and stuff like that. That's psycho. And that's not even as bad as J. Edgar Hoover. Heard of that guy? Yeah. Like, buildings are named after him? He was such a bad boss. He literally, when he ran the FBI... He had people that worked at the FBI were on call 24 hours a day. Not because of crime, but because he needed things fixed at his house. J. Edgar Hoover, director of the FBI, calls you up at 2.37 in the morning. Hey, my rocking chair is busted. I need you to get over here now. And you can't say no because you're on the job 24 hours a day. He would actually, when, um, so they say, if, a, if an animal came into his house, into his yard, and, and pooped in the yard, he would have people from the FBI come and pick it up and analyze it. Because he was so paranoid that he was under attack from wild animals. Now look, when you get to the... I don't like dog poop at all. Like I don't know what it is with dogs, like they poop in other people's yards. I used to try to you know, like stop, like tell dogs to go away. Now I just tell my dog to go away. Just go do your business somewhere else, come back, right? So every house in our neighborhood has dog poop in their yard, but it's not their dog, right? I don't know why dogs do that, but I don't ever look at the dog poop and think, that dog's trying to get me. <laughs> We've all worked for bad bosses, and that's pretty psycho, right? So good or bad, we've had parents, we've had bosses, and here's what I want us to get today. Here, here's the big idea. You've heard this before. We're just going to give it a little bit of a twist. When it comes to authority, and that's what he's talking about. Like last week we talked about marriage, and Wendy did a great job. 
And there's authority in marriage, right? We talked about, if you were here last week, you remember the picture of the outhouse? Remember that? Like that's how we see submission. Outhouse up here, outhouse down here, and the, the person on top wins, and the person on the bottom, they definitely lose. So when it comes to authority, that's, we think like that all the time. We, we think win or loser. But here's the deal. In this situation, when it comes to authority, just like gravity, here's what you're going to learn today. What goes up must come down. So when it comes to authority, just like gravity, what goes up must come down. Do we all believe in gravity? Okay, good. Like if you don't believe in gravity, we can just hold a bowling ball over your head and let it go. And you'll become a believer as soon as you wake up, right? So here's the, the big idea. When it comes to authority, just like gravity, what goes up must come down. Here's two points we want to make just to kind of help us understand that. They both have to do with Jesus. Here's point number one from the passage. Jesus is higher. We sang about that today. Jesus is higher. Anybody claustrophobic? Come on, raise your hand higher. We want to see who to pick on. I'm a little claustrophobic. I can get a little bit claustrophobic. Um, if you're claustrophobic, you don't like to feel trapped at all. The walls start to feel like they're closing in. Um, sometimes we feel trapped, and that causes we have a limited perspective. If you're in a situation at, jo at your job, bad boss, they're, they're a jerk to you, they're going the Hoover route, making you start pick up, like they're going to the bathroom, analyzing poop. Mm. You can start to feel trapped. A real limited perspective. If you're in a situation with your dad, with your parents, you cannot get along. And you're 14. How do you feel? Trapped. Because you can't get out. You want to get out, but you can't get out. You feel trapped. Sometimes we have this limited perspective. John Maxwell, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. He's a real good leadership guy. Um, he's got this law called the law of the lid. So you can like put fleas in a jar and then cover that thing with the lid and they'll keep jumping up and down and they keep hitting that lid. And eventually what will happen is they'll quit jumping high enough to hit the lid because nobody likes to keep hitting their head, right? Even if you're a flea. And then you could take that top off and they'll never jump out. Because they know if they jump a certain height, they'll hit themselves. So they just jump a little bit lower than the highest height. The law of the lid. It doesn't just apply to leadership. It applies here as well. If all you see above you is your parent, your dad, and all you see is your boss, your employer, whoever's over you in authority, if that's all you see, you have a very limited perspective. But here's the truth. Jesus is higher. Hebrews 2.8 you just jot that down. Hebrews 2.8 says this, paraphrasing, everything is subject to Jesus. That's good news. Especially if you're sitting next to the bad boss today. Don't tell them right now, but just in your head, you're like, <laughs> you're subject to Jesus. He's higher. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, says that God gave Jesus the name that is higher than every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee, how many knees? Every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord. Jesus is higher. Isaiah 6, 1. Isaiah said that in the year of King Uzziah, I saw the Lord. And how did he see the Lord? With his eyes, stupid. Well, yeah, I get that. He, said, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Jesus is higher. When we really start to see the exalted Jesus, 
when we really get how much higher he is than moms and dads and bosses, we can't help but be, to begin to feel hope. Satan's lies that you're trapped and that you're at the mercy of a person. So right now, picture the person in your life that's over you, that's given you a hard time. The boss, the manager, your wife, husband. Who's, who's got the power in your life? You picture that person, and if all you see is that person, Satan's lie to you is that you're at their mercy. That somehow they hold power over you. I remember working for a pastor one time. And literally, whenever I would preach, he would go and check how many people ordered tapes. And if more people ordered my tape than his, then he got a little upset. Which didn't happen often because he was really good. But sometimes he'd call me in his office and he would just go off on me about how I was trying to steal his church from him. And I say, I'm just a youth pastor, dude. I do not want to be the pastor. He said, now you're trying to steal my church. You're trying to steal my church because more people want your tape this week than mine last week. Dude, I, I don't care about that. I, I, don't, I don't care at all about that. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you go. I think I'm going to fire you. And here's what I told him. I don't know what you would say to your boss. Of course, you're not in a, in a church situation. But I looked at my, bo my boss, my pastor, and I said, look, here's the deal. Fire me. You have no power over me. And he was like, what? Dude, you didn't call me to the ministry. Jesus did. Now, you called me to this church, and I'd like to stay here because I own a house here, and we like the people here. But if you fire me, I'm not out on the street alone. Like, Jesus is going to find somewhere for me to go because he called me to the ministry. So what I want you to see right now is that is such a lid-removing perspective. That no man, no woman, no spouse, no husband, no matter how much of a jerk he is, nobody holds power over you because Jesus is higher. It's really important for teenagers, right? I know that they're not all in here. But your parents, they only hold some power over you. But Jesus is higher. Jesus is higher. Paul says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Here's some things that you'll see just in Scripture. If you, you start to see things differently in here because you've looked up and seen Jesus. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. The psalmist said this, um, where does my help come from? I lift up my eyes. I lift up my eyes to the hills. And that's where my help comes from. Isaiah 40, 26. Let me read that one to you. I love this. And you can, when we read it, you can keep your finger there because we'll come back to it at the end. Isaiah 40, 26 says this, lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name? That sounds like a Disney movie, doesn't it? Guys just up there like calling out Charlie the star, Susanna. Shine, blink, twinkle, you know? Not tinkle, twinkle. Tinkle, tinkle, little stars. That's the song you want to teach your kids, right? No. He calls them all by name. I mean, that's a great God. Sometimes I, sometimes I call Will Parker... 
Sometimes I call Parker Will. I rarely call the boys Sydney. But sometimes, like, as a parent, you just, you just start saying names. You just, call, just start saying names, you'll get one of them right eventually, right? God doesn't forget the stars' names. Like, he's, like how many stars are there? They got a name. Who gave them their name? God. Who remembers their name? God. It blows my mind. Listen, all I want you to get out of this is that God is higher. Jesus is higher than anybody that's over you. Jesus is not only higher, he's better. Knowing that Jesus is higher would be, is great and all, but it's not, it's not going to help us if that's all he is, okay? So Jesus is better, and, and here's why. First, he's better because he sees us. He sees us. In, in Ephesians 6, and I thought about going this route with you. We could talk about slavery and why is slavery in the Bible and when we all know that slavery is a horrible thing and if Paul's going to take the time to write about slavery why didn't he just write stop it right here's what I want you to understand in this in nine verses here's what God just did God just gave a voice to the people who had no voice he just saw the people who were invisible in that culture because in that culture there's two people that did not have any rights at all children slaves and right here in the bible that god wrote he talks to both of them i want you to understand something i don't know where you are don't know what you're facing don't know how bad your bosses don't know how bad your parents are don't know how bad your i don't know how bad your situation but i know this god sees you he sees you he's not looking past you to the person behind you he sees you You know what kids really want? You know what employees really want? They want their dads, they want their bosses to see them. Um, if I could have gotten my dad here today, I would have had him on the platform and we would have had this conversation in front of you. Because me and my dad had a bad relationship. Very, very bad. And one thing I was thinking about this today, like wanting to be seen, wanting your dad to acknowledge you. I remember one time being out on our screened-in porch like right about springtime, the pollen's coming through the screen, right? And I mean, I am just yelling at my dad. We're, we're like this far from each other. I'm just yelling at him at the top of my lungs. And my mom comes out because, you know, moms are like the peacekeepers, right? I mean, in public. But then when they hang the phone up, they beat the snot out of you, right? <laughs> my mom comes out and she's like, Paul, what are you doing? Stop yelling. Why are you yelling at your dad? And, and the first thing that came out of my mouth, I said, this is the only way he's going to hear me. If I don't yell, he's not going to hear me. And what am I really saying? I, just want, I want my dad to, to acknowledge me. I want him to see that I'm actually standing right here. That I have something to say. And we want to be seen. Here's what happens when dads are around. Again, you're going to feel like you want to vomit. Hold it. Or go see Laura for vomit swallowing coaching. Children with fathers who are involved are 40% less likely to repeat a grade in school. 40%. Children with fathers who are involved are 70% less likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. 
Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. Is it, is it fair to say that having a dad around makes a difference? Yeah. And you know why? Just, I mean, literally just sometimes the very presence of the dad. Just they see. They acknowledge. We have a better father. We have a better dad. I know we have a big idea today, but if you have a pen, just write this down. Because I think this might be a better one. That When I woke up this morning, I was like, that was better. I should have gone with that. If you don't get anything out of today, and you probably won't, <laughs> but if you don't, please get this. You have a Jesus who sees us and frees us. He sees you. He frees you. Genesis chapter 13. There's a, I'll let you read it. There's a great story about a single mom who is going to have a child outside of wedlock. It's in the Bible. Crazy thing about it was that her boss was the guy, was married to the guy that got her pregnant. His name was Abraham. You've probably heard of him. Her name was Sarah. And the girl that got pregnant out of wedlock, her name was Hagar. And so her, her, she works for Sarah. And Sarah's supposed to give Abraham a kid. And she can't get pregnant. I love this. How many of you think the Bible's boring? Don't raise your hand. You haven't read Genesis 13, right? I mean, this is a great story. And so Abraham's wife goes to him and says, Look, I'm too old. It's not going to happen, but I got this really smoking hot maidservant. Her name's Hagar, and I am going to give her to you. And Abraham's like, is this a trick? Are you plotting something? She's like, no, seriously. Like, this is, I'm pretty sure this is what God wants. So I mean, just put yourself in Abraham's position for a second, okay? It's not the moral of the story, but just put, your, put yourself there, okay? Your wife has come to you and said, I'm run down. I'm not much to look at. Check her out. She's yours. And not only is she yours, I'm pretty sure God said she's yours. I mean, as the man, what are you thinking at that point? We win? I mean, what, what are you thinking? I don't. So he sleeps with her. She gets pregnant. Everything's going according to plan. The only problem was, I know it's hard for women to accept. But the minute she got pregnant, there was suddenly drama between the women. See? <laughs> that would never happen here, right? There's never drama among the women in America ever, right? I mean, like three women getting together, never drama. Okay, we'll just move on. So the minute she gets pregnant, Sarah starts to resent her. She starts to mistreat her. Hmm. So we have a woman who is now living out both of these scenarios in Ephesians chapter 6. She has a child who needs a dad. She has a boss who told her to do something and is now punishing her for actually obeying and doing it. And she ends up kicked out, alone, pregnant, and worried. 
And this is the story. I just want to make sure you get this. I love this. This is the only place in the Bible that a person was allowed to name God. And she named God El Roah, which means the God who sees. There is so much power and hope in knowing that God sees us. He sees where we are. Psalm 121. Let me just read you some of the promises of God seeing us. It's the same psalm we read earlier. It says, he lifts up my, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now listen to these last few verses. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Love that. You ever fall asleep when you shouldn't? Right now? Like, wake up, wake up, come on. I'm always falling asleep during whatever show we watch at 10 o'clock. Does not matter what it is unless it's a game. I'm, I'm up for the game, right? But if we're watching, you know, like, I don't know, Parenthood, you know, some CSI, whatever. There's like a million of them. Pick one. If we're watching any of that stuff, I'm always falling asleep somewhere between 1020 and 1045. But I'm wide awake at 1050 for the end. Problem is I'm asking Wendy the whole time, like, so what happened? What happened? Like, is that guy important? She's like, shut up. If you want to watch it, stay awake. If you want to go to sleep, go to bed. She doesn't really say that because she's nice. She just thinks it in her head, I'm pretty sure. Listen, God's not falling asleep on the job, okay? When Hagar was sitting out there going, God, I'm alone and I'm pregnant and it's her fault and she's a jerk and she's mistreating me and I've got nobody, God didn't go, I'm sorry, what? He saw her. He saw her. He knew right where she was. He will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day. You're not getting sunburned, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Everybody say all. He will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Man, Jesus is not only higher, Jesus is better. So, Moms who are raising boys or girls that don't really have a relationship with their dad. He sees you. Dads who wish you could have a relationship with your son and your daughter that you don't even know where they live. You never hear from them. Guess what? He sees you. He sees us. And he frees us. Jesus is better because he sees us. He's better because he rewards us. Hebrews eleven sixteen tells us that when we look up, I'm paraphrasing, we look up, we see Jesus. When we find ourselves, we find ourselves filled with faith to believe this, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So here's what this means today for the big idea. Here's, here's, what, here's what it means. I'll make sure I get this so you, you grab it. If you and I are only seeking something from our dads or our employers, if we're only seeking something from the people that are right above us, we can only receive what they 
can give us. And sometimes it's really good. Like Will is now 15. He's driving. And someday he's going to come to me and he's going to say, Dad, can I borrow the keys to somebody else's nicer car? <laughs> he's going to say, can I borrow the keys to the Taurus? And because I'm a good dad, I'm going to say, it's not dependable. Let's get you a different one. <laughs> I'm like, sure, yeah, take the keys, right? Sometimes it's a good thing. Hey, Dad, uh, can, I, can I borrow some money? I need to go do something. Hey, yeah, absolutely. How much do you need? Sometimes we, we ask Dad, we ask the boss. Sometimes they're not good. But we're always limited. I want you to understand that. When it comes to authority, just like gravity, what goes up must come down. So as far up as it goes, that's as far down as it's coming from. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if all we're doing is obeying a boss, submitting to a husband from last week, trying to obey parents, if that's all we're doing, it's good, but you're only getting what they can give. And we are limited. I'm giving you lots of personal stories. I want to make sure you understand this. When our mom died, we really struggled. That's a silly, silly statement, isn't it? When our mom died, we really struggled. Like, we didn't really struggle. But what we struggled with was just kind of in the grieving process, like... I don't know if your mom's still living, but if you can picture not having your mom, it's nuts. Like, you just, like, they'd call every day. That was kind of like the touchstone in our lives, right? Mom's like the rock. And when she was gone, we didn't have no rock. And so we went to Dad. And he knows all this. You can ask him. I'm not talking about him behind his back. He can watch it on video. Hi, Dad. We went to Dad. Like, Dad, be the rock. And Dad kind of wasn't there. And we really struggle with that. It's like we lost mom, we lost dad, what's going on? And the only thing that made sense was one day we're sitting talking with a grief counselor, and here's what she said. That makes perfect sense to me. And I was like, well, that's why you're the counselor, right? And she said, you're, you're expecting your dad to be your mom. But your dad can't be your mom because your dad's your dad. I went, oh, right. You're good at this stuff. Wow, like, yeah, like, he's the guy. Like, he can't be the girl because he's the guy because he's, he's the guy. Why didn't we see that? Counselor, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, really good counselors, they tell you what you already know, and then, and then you pay them. <laughs> they just ask you questions. You figure it out, and they're like, that'll be 100 bucks. <laughs> right. How do I get that job? We, we wanted him to be something that he wasn't. I want you to see that. We started to kind of get mad and get hurt when we realized, wait a second, we're going up to a certain level and that's all we're going to get back down. But man, when you go all the way up, what does he say in Ephesians? He says, in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. What does he say in verse 6? Slaves, which in our vernacular today, this is like an employee-employer relationship, okay? Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear. Just as you would obey Christ. Verse 7. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Because you know, and I love this verse. Man, if you're highlighting stuff in your Bible, Ephesians 6, 8, this is one of those for you. Because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. Man, can you imagine being a slave then, having no rights and you read that, you hear that, you know what this actually even means? These letters were read in church. 
So if they're reading this in church and he's talking to children, where were the children? All right, let's try that again. Punch the people next to you. If he's reading this letter in church and he says something to children, where are the children? They're not in children's church. I just want to make that clear. There's a reason why kids come in here with, wor with worship for us. That's why they're here. I mean, honestly, there's a reason why for like a year and a half of our church in the coffee shop, kids were with us. Because we felt like there's a reason why we're okay with this. Because sometimes kids need to hear from Jesus. Sometimes they actually need to see their parents worship. It's a good thing. And we totally get it. Parents are like, I need a break. Get it. They'll come hang out with, with us for worship. They're down there getting taught right now. But I'm going to tell you something. The plan of God is never to take families and go, okay, I'll just talk to the parents now. The plan of God is always to include children. Always to include children. The plan of parents is to get a babysitter, right? Which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You've got to have a break. But I just want you to understand the plan of God is never to just loan your kids out to somebody else. Like we don't subcontract out discipling our children. So much so, and I don't even know how this will look. We're really big on community groups here. Y'all knew that, right? We always talk about community groups. And we've got one community group that meets out in Baden. Like they have a kid city community group. Isn't that awesome? Like parents come, their kids come, the kids go have their own community group. And then the parents have their community group. All in the same house, different rooms. I mean, it's so powerful to us so important to us. So we're having these discussions like, how do we make that work in other groups? Because kids need to have community too. It's important. It's important. Imagine you're sitting here, you're a slave, and you hear verse 8. You hear out of the man reading this in church to you. All you've ever heard is, this is all you can ever expect. It's never going to get better. I'm your master, you're my slave, do what I say. And then you hear these words, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. You telling me you're not sitting there as a slave looking over the master going, <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it, baby. There's something that you're like, man, I got some hope. He sees us. He frees us. Earthly dads are limited. God isn't. Earthly bosses are limited. God isn't. So when you let your service and your obedience go all the way up to God, it means that your rewards are coming down all the way from God. What goes up must come down. Here's how I want to end the service We'll get Phil to come play the guitar. Can you come to that? Play the guitar? Um, I mean, I know you can play the guitar. You're really good at it. Will you come play the guitar? Now, it's either going to go well or it's going to go horribly, right? But my heart, like I told you this week, while we've been, I've been studying for this, preparing for it, my heart's been the fatherless thing. That father issue is huge for me, okay? Um, so... I just want us, as a family, to pray for each other. God, I don't know how else to do that. I don't want to do it in a way that points people out and makes you feel bad and like, God, please, you can pray for me, but make sure I have a tissue box. We'll bring you tissues. I mean, we're not trying to point anybody out, but can we just admit 
that it's a big deal and that nobody really chooses it, do they? And so I would love for us to be able to pray over single parents. I'd love for us to pray over grown fathers who today you're sitting here. Your kids, man, you're, they're gone. You've, you've done your time, right? But sitting here, you're starting to realize, wait a second. Have I been a dad maybe like this? Have I been a dad like verse 4 says, don't exasperate your children. Instead, train them up in the instruction of the Lord. Have I done that? I mean, there's so many ways for us to sit here and feel like failures. Is it okay if I say that? But there's one way that we can leave here feeling like Jesus isn't failing. Me. And I think it's by putting our arms around each other and just praying. So what I'd like to do is spend some time praying over you if that's an issue that you want prayer for. If you're here and you're looking at, you know, hey, my job stinks. I'm seeking direction over a job and I want to honor my boss while I'm there, but I'm also like, I want to go somewhere. I need, just need to know what God wants. That's an issue right here. We just talked about it. We should pray about it. And then when we get done with that, I want to just read a, a passage of scripture over you and then we'll wrap up. Is that cool? <laughs> that was like as confusing an altar call as you'll ever hear, wasn't it? So what I'm trying to say is, if you want prayer, would you just stand up? And as soon as they stand, I want people to start to move to them. When you play in Ecclesia Church, you might not want to do it like this because this is awkward and people don't always move. But we're really, really big on community here. We're really big on touching people and standing with them. And it's possible right now that you stood, and so you're in a real vulnerable place because you stood, and now you're getting surrounded by people that you don't know. And I, I totally understand how awkward that is. But you are being surrounded by people that love you. Does anybody... Does everybody have somebody praying with them? All right. I'm going to pray and you guys pray as well. God, I thank you that you are a God who sees us. I always feel weird calling you Elroy. It just sounds like a weird name for a God, but you are the God who sees us. These people that have stood... Honestly, when it comes to parents and jobs, these are the two issues practically that can make us feel very powerless, very helpless. And I just thank you, God. The minute that they stood, the minute that they stood, they were lifting their eyes up to you. The minute they stood. And before anybody in this room could get shuffle out of seats and get to them, you were already there. You had already stood next to them. You've already surrounded them. Because you said that you would not sleep and slumber. You would watch over us. And I thank you, God, that you see them and that you are freeing them, God. I pray for dads that today feel like they've lost the opportunity to, to raise their children I, I pray for dads in their 50s and 60s and 70s 
that today they'd get on the phone. They'd just make a call. If they're really tech savvy, they text. I don't know. They just reach out to their kids and they would simply say, I love you. And even though you're grown, how can I point you to Jesus? I pray for children, grown children that are standing right now that have no connection with their dads. And that today, while they're standing, while they're being prayed for, I pray that they would make a conscious decision. I'm not going to honor my dad. I'm going to honor Jesus. I'm going to send my honor all the way up. And Jesus is going to send stuff back down to me. He's going to send me peace. And he's going to send me courage. And he's going to send me the intentional steps that can begin to restore a relationship with my dad. I pray for moms that are standing. It's, oh, I get so mad, God, at this situation in our, in our culture. Because Satan, he just wants to whisper in a mom's ear, you got nobody. It's all on you. Nobody cares about you. Your kids are mad at you. And God, it's such a lie. Because you are the God who sees you are the God who draws near to the brokenhearted. The Bible says that you are a father to the fatherless. And you are a father, according to Hebrews, that will never leave us, never forsake us. You are the best dad. And I pray for the moms that you would fill their hearts with hope. And I pray that you would become their husband, Jesus. And that you would become the father to their children. And I pray for young men that are standing that don't have a relationship with their children, that are trying and are failing and want more, but they can't have it. Maybe the courts have deemed it impossible. And I just pray, God, that you would break those chains. That there'd be no shame anymore, but that they would simply give you that situation. You are higher than courts. You are higher and you are better and what we send up to you, you will send back down to us. You are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Just as you're standing there, let me just read this over you. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught. He reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom, God says, will you compare me? Who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired. He will not grow weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength 
to the weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. God sees us. Lift up your eyes and see him because Jesus is higher. God frees us. Let him take the lid off your circumstance because Jesus is better. This morning, you and I are not trapped by people if we serve Jesus. And we will not be rewarded by people. Our reward will come from much higher. And it will be much better. When it comes to authority, just like gravity, what goes up must come down.